we weren't worriers. Um, oh, now I shouldn't say that because my dad did sometimes go out to find me. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance, and that distance is not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening, and if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Jason Schockman, your host, and my co-host today is... Pastor Lance O'Donnell. As, as every day uh, we co-host this. Because you've got that going for you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we have with us today uh, Roxy. Roxy Garlock, who is Gerlock, Garlock. I said it wrong. Ger, Ger, Gerlock. Yeah, G-E-R. No, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's another family locally that has the other version of that name. Mm -hmm. um, I, I regularly interchange them and say them wrong. It's okay. But I'm getting Lee. used to it. Wrongly. But I'm wrong. But I'm getting used to it um, and getting better at it. Uh, and Roxy, we uh, would love to continue talking with you about aging gracefully. Uh, your parents, Andy and Louise Stenson, uh, were, by, by all accounts, uh, a, a marvelous couple who were active, who served their neighbors, who prayed together regularly, who loved well. Uh, and and my, my guess is that all of that came out of the same foundation that they shared uh, in their life together. Uh, and, and that, my guess is that that was their faith. I would say so. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me about how they modeled that at home? Mm. Well, we did what we could. And if, if uh, a situation seemed just really difficult and that we, we wouldn't be able to manage it, um, continued on because God would provide for us as we went. Um, we didn't, we weren't worriers. Um, oh, now I shouldn't say that because my dad did sometimes go out to find me, um, wondering where, where was I? Even when I was an adult teaching here at St. Paul's, if I wasn't at home and I wasn't at school, he would go out in his car and drive the roads to see if I had run out of gas or something. When you're 40-some you know? years yes, old. Yes, yes. So that was kind of funny. But uh, I, I think it was more his caring than uh, worrying. You know, he, wa he was always a provider. Um, I forgot the question. <laughs> How did they model their faith? Okay. Yeah. But I think, I think just not being worriers, being uh, trusting that God is going to take care of us. But that didn't mean sitting back and doing nothing. 
my dad almost always had two jobs. Um, they And they were interesting jobs. My favorite one was when he worked. For, now, the, the names of these don't sound right for this time, but they were Street Treats and Bo- Joy Boy, which were um, ice cream vendors that came on their little scooters uh, through the neighborhoods. And my dad was the one who loaded up those little carts. At the end of the day, when the guys came back with their stuff, if it was a little bit melted, he could bring that home. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a good thing. That was a happy thing. He also worked as a cab driver for a while um, at night. Uh, he worked as a dishwasher in a, a, place, a catering place. And he could bring extra food home. This is all the while. So he's teaching chemistry by day. Yes. Doing that stuff by night. Yes. Um, In the summertime, he had interesting jobs. One of the jobs was to inspect the sump pump hookups that they they were draining in the right place. I don't don't quite get what that was, but that was one of the things he did. He worked for, um, oh, they called them truck farmers. I don't Tell me more. <laughs> truck farmers. I, I don't understand this. This. Like, this sounds like something out of Pixar, but this is pre-Pixar. No, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. Truck farmers, um, in, on this, well, he worked for truck farmers on the south side of Milwaukee. Um, his job was to find people who would, and it was usually teenagers, he would go out and recruit them to come and bunch onions or to pick radishes and bunch them or to pick corn, that sort of thing. Um and the truck farmers, I don't know exactly why they were called that, but they would have their supplies, and uh, they would, I suppose, truck them to the markets. I don't know. But um, I remember one time they had an excess of cauliflower, and he came home with a trunk full of cauliflower. Hmm. But and, and in that way also, God always provided for us. He, My dad often had a job that involved food and um, the extra could come home with him. The leftovers. Yeah. And yeah. and then we learned how to eat that in many different ways. <laughs> like a right. trunk full of cauliflower. Yeah, it was good. So I, I'm 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 curious on the to switch gears a little bit to come back to your mom. Okay. Because your your mom died at a hundred and, and a half. And a half. And two days. And two days. And two days. Yeah. Yeah. And she was particular about those two days, by the way. <laughs> and there was a great grace in her and humor mm-hmm. to the very end. And so, you know, we've we talked about aging grace gracefully, but I, I'm think I want to think about aging gracefully when you're when you're clearly at the end of life. Talk to me a little bit about and it doesn't have to be all roses because mm-hmm. one of, one of the things that struck me that I think your brother Mark said as we were getting ready for the funeral was because uh, I said something like aging gracefully and Mark said and then Mark would Mark paused and said well and then sometimes not <laughs> <laughs> or something like yeah, that yeah yeah it was hard um, because she was always independent um, to have to depend on us. And sometimes she would get angry with us because she wasn't really angry with us, but she was, that's, who else is she going to be fussing with? But um, she, she was frustrated. We tried really hard to get outside 
every day. Um, she would be in her, well, her walker until the last mm, maybe year and a half, and we would go for walks. She would walk about a mile, um, and then when she when that was too difficult, then we used her transport chair. And honestly, the day the day before you came, Pastor Shockman, on that Wednesday before she died, we went down to the skate park because she loved watching the skateboard guys. Yeah, and we would uh, we. Mark and I had to do it together that day because she was on oxygen at that point, and one of us had to drag the oxygen tank and the other push the chair. But before she was on oxygen, we would take her right up onto the lower um, little ramps at the skateboard park, and then we would go scooting back down, and she just she just enjoyed that. She enjoyed, well, she was playing tennis the year before, when she was 99, but not exactly tennis, but she, she could swing the tennis racket, and uh, she was in her chair, and my sister-in-law would pitch the, the ball to her. Um, she, she enjoyed just things. You know, she, she looked up, just would marvel at God's creation, you know, wanted to go out and look at the clouds and see the bl- blossoming trees and just go out and talk to people. Uh, she, had, she had people on our route that would come out and, and cheer for her. Or from the back of a motorcycle. Yes, yes. That was when she was 98. So, so let, I want to back up because <laughs> I, I haven't heard this before. So she's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and you have a walking route mm-hmm. at roughly the same time daily. No. Not necessarily. Oh. So you're, the, her neighbors would watch for her coming oh. and go out. Yeah. Belle always came out. Belle Rombeck. Yeah, she would come out and she would. Can I walk with you, or you know, or just say hi? That that was a nice thing. But we were in oh maybe a mile and a half from home, and we went past the Showen's house, and Mr. Showen came out. He said he looked at my mom and he said, "Do I know you?" And uh, she said, "Oh, I don't know." And he said, "Are you related to Mark?" And she said, yeah. He said, I've seen your face on Facebook. But so then he became her elder that would come, that would call her. Yeah. Eventually, you know, so that was nice. Louise Stinson, Facebook famous. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, you've mentioned a couple of things that were important to Louise, especially in the last few years. Uh Uh, I've seen the pictures, but... It's worth telling the story of the 98th birthday Harley ride. Okay. My cousin Johnny um, is as old as I am. So he was 70, and he came. My cousins would come from Nebraska to visit my mom. My mom had one brother that lived, and he had six children who loved my mom dearly. So they would, as many of them as could, would come and when my mom was 98, Johnny came uh, on his Harley, and he had asked the year before if she would like to go for a ride, you know, just joking with her. But this year, as he and, and his lady were getting ready to leave, um, he, I said to my mom, do you think you want to go on the Harley? And she said, do you think I should? And I said, I think this is your last chance. And so she walked over there with her walker and Johnny looked at her, and I said, she's getting on, John. 
And so with, with some great help, we, we boosted her up there, and she had the biggest grin on her face. I think you probably saw the picture yeah. in the hall. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, she just rode two blocks down the road and waved at her neighbors like she was the Queen of England and uh, came back. He was so careful. He was really careful with her. Yeah, I'll bet he was terrified. Yeah, well, that was pretty fun. Uh, and then when we put the picture on Facebook, all our relatives that were not there, where's her helmet? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, she's riding free. Louise Lu- Lu- Stinson, Facebook infamous. Yes. Right yeah. for no no helmet Harley yeah. chick, yeah. So um, I want to I want to circle uh, and and bring us into that conversation about Christ in all things as we watched Andy and Louis age and do so in faith, clinging to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, per- particularly, uh, I've only gotten to know Louise in the last ten months or so, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she's she's a stitch and a half. Um, I can only by that for those of you who are younger, it means she was funny. Yeah, <laughs> she was really funny. Yep. I can I can only imagine that she she's making angels laugh yep. currently, uh, as we wait for the consummation of all things. Um, so, how did her faith, that trust that she had in Christ, in the midst of even in the midst of knowing that her time was coming, how did that shape? how she took on each new day. Oh, I think that she looked forward to each day, but she also looked forward to the new day. Um, she, she would wake up, well, I guess I'm still here, so let's get going. Um, she, she had marvelous, amazing dreams. Um, one night, her, when she was in the hospital bed beside the bed that I slept in, uh, she reached over and, and yelled, Andy. And I said, no, it's still, it's still Roxy, sorry. But she said, oh, I just peeked into heaven. And those were marvelous times for her to be able to uh, just have that, uh, just a little peek, like she said. Um, she loved to sing, and she sang and talked a lot during the night um, when once she died, it was very hard for me going to bed at night because uh, when she went to bed, I would lay my... She was hard of hearing. And once she had her hearing aids out, I had to have my mouth very close to her ear for her to hear. And so I would sing to her during <clears throat> to calm her and get her ready for sleeping. And I it was always funny because she, when I was done, then she would say, thank you. And I, I said, are you saying that because I stopped or, <laughs> or, or because I sang? And she never really answered that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I could, I could see her just saying, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So one of the last times that I got to visit with Louise, uh, and I, I want you to reflect on this from, from, from your uh, even even discussions with mom after I left, um, we were singing together, mm-hmm. and then she just spontaneously broke out into songs in German, mm-hmm. which I I couldn't follow. Uh, 
so then I broke out into song in German, the one that I know, Muta um, Benik, and she sang with me, mm-hmm. uh, all the while holding my hand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asked me, why are you holding my hand? She loved holding hands. That was very special. She liked the, the touch. Yeah. Um, and after, after you left, I, I said to her, Mama, that was you holding his hand. And she said, oh, okay. But, <laughs> but uh, she, she often held my hand during the night. You know, yeah. she would want to be sure that I was there. She, she typically laid on her right side, and I was on her left side. So she would kind of reach her hand back, and I would hold her hand. Um, when my brother um, Bob was there, he, he loved to sit and hold her hand, and she gave him a little sermon about... Um, just life in general, and he just loved that. Um, the The physical touch was very important to her. She loved hugs. She loved um, somebody sitting on her lap. Um, Hudson is my youngest grandson, and he's three, and he loved to go to Oma's house, and um, he would come running in, and, and um, towards last... Even when he wasn't there, sometimes she would see him running down the hall. Mm. She said, where's Hudson going now? And I said, well, he's not here right now. She said, yeah, but I think he's going to go back and get the toys. So, you know, she she just loved having him come and sit on her lap, ride up and down on her lift chair, all that kind of stuff. Touch is, uh, is important, and I think that sometimes we forget... Um, even when somebody's real fragile, or maybe when they, especially when they're real fragile, real frail, they need to have somebody come forward and, and hold on to them. It, it strikes me what an, an enormous blessing it is and was for them, having raised you with love, to be surrounded with love as as they faced their end and what, mm-hmm. you know, cause not everybody gets that as you right. know. Right. And what, what a, what a, for, for us who watched, mm-hmm. you know, your devotion to your mother and father and likewise your, you know, your brother and, and what, and watched, and watched you struggle. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Um, the day that my daddy died uh, was the, the day of our school Olympics or whatever it was, the last, last field day of the year. And we were over at, uh, at the park, and we were supposed to share our highs and lows with our group. And none of my kids in my little group of 10 or 12 kids said anything. I said, well, I'll go first. I'll tell you. My low is that my daddy is dying. I know he's dying. But my high is I know where he's going. Mm. And at that moment, my daughter, and the park is only two blocks from my parents, my daughter came running across the field, and I said, and I think he just left. Oh, wow. So I went running to Mandy, and, um, and she told me Grandpa's gone. And so we ran back to the house. Um, and that he, he was... He was back home in heaven now. Um, he was no longer struggling. So um, 
both of my parents had had the opportunity to be able to die at home. Yeah. It, and I know that that doesn't work for every family. Right. Um, we, we really, there were a lot of people that helped with my dad. And my mom was, you know, she was 92 at the time. To be the primary caregiver, she said, I absolutely did not have the strength to do that. But God gave me the strength. And so um, we're close enough that, because I lived only two miles from them, that um, if he fell or some such thing, um, I could get over there fairly quickly and help with that. But that would, it takes a lot to, to work together. And that was really a blessing for all of us. That was my next question is how how did that uh, how how can you view that work that labor of love mm. as a gift oh who else gets to have their mama yet yeah. when when they're in their 70s i mean who gets that um and uh and yeah it it's just a wonderful thing to be able to care for someone who cared so much for us it, it is a blessing. Yeah, I'm curious, Roxy, if because uh, we're coming up on on some time here. For right now, both of your parents are with the, are with the Lord. Mm-hmm. If you were to give advice to somebody, I want and I want to think of this in two in from. I'm thinking of this in two different ways. Advice for someone in your position being there as your parents are dying, um, but also having watched this, do you have any advice for, for people about aging gracefully? Oh, my goodness. Look at the blessings in each day. When things are difficult, see how you can grow through that, what you can, what you can learn from that. Um, where you can, if something is difficult, at least you can... Uh, learn to empathize with someone who is also having that difficulty Um, and be gracious to the people around you. Um, Cut them some slack when they're having a hard day. You don't have to preach to them, but maybe come alongside and give them a hug or a listening ear um, without without judgment. I think that that helps a lot but enjoying what God gives you day by day um, and acknowledging that it comes from him. I always think um, as Christians, we've, we've got it really pretty sweet because we know who to thank. Not everybody has that. We, everybody is blessed in some way, but not everybody knows who to thank. And I think that that's a thing to remember. I think that that's a good place for us, at least for now. To acknowledge Christ in all things. And to say, we're going to look forward. I, I know you said you're kind of nervous doing this stuff. Oh, yeah. But good gravy, you are a total natural. And we definitely want to have you back uh, because you're, you, you yourself, and your life are also fascinating. And so we, we want to have you back at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, but until then, thank you for, for being our guest at Christ in all things. You're welcome. God bless you.
Thank you. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping. And a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. <laughs> Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.